Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. If you will look there with me, please, we'll begin reading at verse number 23, or verse number 22. Verse number 22. In the past six weeks, I have preached so very many times, uh, I come to a scripture and come to a text such as this this morning, and uh, my mind says, well, you preached that last Sunday, but I really didn't. I preached it last Wednesday in the closing service of our revival meeting. Uh, I do remember, sometimes I don't remember what I preached last Sunday, and I know some of you don't as well, so don't look so religious. Uh, I sometimes just don't remember. It takes a while for it to come back. But anyway, here we are in Luke chapter 9, and we'll begin reading at verse 22. The scripture reads in this manner, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Pray with me, please, briefly. Heavenly Father, you know the need of our hearts. There's nothing, dear Lord, that I desire more than to be able to give to our people who have labored all week, who have gone through undoubtedly some trials. Nothing would delight my heart and no greater desire does your servant have than to be able to say and give something to our precious people from thy word that may encourage them and even may challenge And sometimes, uh, Lord, correct us as thy people. So speak to me through thy spirit and through the word and grant that Jesus will be glorified, the saints will be edified, and the lost will be brought to the Savior. We'll give you all of the praise, the honor, and the glory, for thou art worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder uh, in reading uh, your county paper or perhaps some uh, other paper from Atlanta or Anderson or Gainesville, do you ever look at the want ad section? If you do, uh, perhaps you see uh, those want ads that are asking for someone who uh, to come and take a position or a job. In other words, uh, you're looking sometimes 
in these days when so many people are being laid off by companies, you'll find yourself looking in that section of the paper for the advertisement of some job. But I wonder if you were reading a want ad section and a want ad for jobs, I wonder how long you would read and how much it would appeal to you. If you read a want ad for jobs and for work in the same wording that Jesus gave in this section of the Scripture. And so what I want you to think with me about tonight or this morning is a job with Jesus. A job with Jesus. And we're going to look at uh, perhaps an application form that you must fill in your heart and life. And then I want to talk to you about the job description that our Lord gives to those who would be followers of Him. The verse says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm afraid a lot of us would strike out immediately when you hear the Lord saying, if you're going to follow me, you'll have to deny yourself. Now, we do deny ourselves of some of the things that we consider wrong. We deny ourselves of gambling because we do not feel and know that it's right. We may cut off some of the pleasures of the world. We may cut out the, the wicked and evil movies from Hollywood. We may refuse to be found on a dance floor. Uh, we have refused a lot of things, but the thing Jesus says that needs to be denied is not a few of the practices of self, but rather self itself. And so the Lord is saying, if you will come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want a job with Jesus, then there are some things that you must expect and some things that indeed are required. Notice, first of all, the application. For Jesus makes it very broad, and he says, if any man will. Now that's a pretty broad, uh, a pretty broad thing for an application. The Lord's saying, you don't have to have certain experience. Uh, you don't have to have certain skills. You don't have to have a degree from the university. But the thing is this, if you have a desire to come after me, Sometimes people come to me and say, Preacher, what about this election thing? How do I know it? A young lady last week said to me at the end of the service, I've been so confused about this, and I wondered whether or not I was one of God's elect or not. And I simply answered her as I will answer now. And that is, if you have a desire in your heart for Jesus, for the things of God, that in itself is evidence enough that you are one of God's elect. 
I believe that as well that man has a responsibility. That is, he says, if a man will come after me. In other words, there is a choice to make as to whether we'll follow Jesus or whether we will not follow Jesus. I believe then in not only the whosoever wills, but I believe in the whosoever wants. And there are those who will not come to Christ. And thus Jesus said on an occasion himself, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you, get that, I would have gathered you unto myself, but you would not. So there are the whosoever wills, and there are the whosoever wants. And yet there must be a desire if we're to follow Jesus. Now I know basically this is a, a, a passage that deals with what we call discipleship. And a disciple, the word itself means a follower or it means a learner. Thus he's saying, if you would be a learner of me, if you would identify yourself with me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. Now, uh, the Lord gives a wide uh, appeal when it comes to the application. But I'm glad when any man applies to become a, a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded of the words in John chapter 6 when Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And get this, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So when you come uh, 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 responding to that, that invitation, to that application, the Lord doesn't look at you and say, hey, you're just from the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, you've got too many terrible sins in your life. No, I'm glad that he said, if we'll come to him, he will not cast us out. Thank God for that. That puts a little shout in my soul to think that the Lord doesn't turn any away who will come to him. Now, I want you to look at the job description and some of the things that our Lord requires. In the first place, if you're going to follow Jesus, let me remind you that he must be boss. And I say that reverently. And there are a lot of folks who claim to follow Jesus, and yet Jesus is not the boss in their life. Let me put it in terms of the Bible. He is not the Lord of many a person's life who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But one of the initial things that the Scripture teaches about salvation, and that is this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or rightly rendered, Jesus as Lord, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And we've had a lot of people walk down an aisle and they have professed to, to become a Christian and yet he has no authority over that person's life. They go on as they please. They do as they please. 
they flaunt the very truth of God and the God's Word has no place in their lives. Now, that to me is a false profession. Indeed, when a person comes to Christ, acknowledges that he is Lord, that he is above all, he is the boss, and then after making that profession, walks away and refuses to be obedient to the Lord in his word, that person is hypocritical in their profession. Let me give you the word that Jesus gave. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus said, And why call ye me Lord? Do you hear that? Why call ye me Lord and do not the things that I have said? Now, don't get mad at the preacher for saying that. I'm just quoting it. He wrote it and I'll quote it. So Jesus simply said, if you are claiming that I am the Lord and the boss and you go on doing just what you please and what your old selfish, sinful nature desires, you better think again. Why do you call me Lord with your profession but not in your practice? Jesus made it even clearer. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. You remember that passage? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of God. And we got a lot of folks who somehow believe they're floating away to heaven and they're going to be permitted into heaven who just because they have joined the church, they've been sprinkled, poured on, immersed, but they have not in reality really been born of the Spirit of God. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you must recognize that I am the leader, I'm the boss, I am Lord. Now, what would you think if you were an employer and you had an employee who simply said, I don't care what the company head says. I don't care what the supervisor says. I don't care what the boss in this plant or this office says. I'll do it just as I please. Now, you wouldn't last very long, I'll tell you that. You wouldn't hang around there uh, because you'd probably be fired. In other words, the Lord Jesus is saying, children, if you're going to follow me, you must follow the one who is the leader, the boss, the Lord. That's a pretty tough job description to begin with, isn't it? Let me suggest something else. The Lord Jesus would teach you if you're going to follow him, if you're going to work in his, in his business, he says that you must work for the good of the company. In other words, you're not working for yourself, just to please yourself. What we do, Paul said in the letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, he declared, and whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
Now, there are a lot of folks who try to serve and follow the Lord, and they'll do it as long as they're recognized, as long as they're patted on the back, as long as they're doing the ro- they're being the rooster on the high limb, they'll be crowing. But take them off of the high limb, and they're not going to crow. Now, what I'm trying again to say is this, if we are in this following of Jesus Christ, we follow that he may be glorified. Again, Jesus said it. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. Oh, no. But they'll glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now what you do, does it glorify God? If not, it is not following the job description that our Lord gives if you are to be a servant of His. So we must work for the good of the company. It's said in these words, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Deny it. Say no to himself and all of self-desire. And put, it, put, it, put, put your will in the hands of the will of the Heavenly Father. There are a lot of folks who claim to be following Jesus. But if you follow their trail, many of them are on the golf course this morning. Uh, many of them are out at the lake. Uh, many of them are out on a deer stand. You're welcome. Uh, they're they're at some other place. Listen, if you follow Jesus, you think you'd not be in God's house when when there's the privilege and the opportunity? If you're following Jesus, I guarantee you, if following Him, uh, you won't find Him uh, lumbering out at the golf course on Sunday morning. Uh, Not at all. Remind me, uh, a preacher said to one, a couple of his deacons who were gathered around him, and the preacher said, boys, I want to ask you something. He said, uh, I heard one of you guys was out on the golf course playing golf last Sunday during church time. And he looked at them both, and one fellow spoke up and said, well, I'll tell you right now, it wasn't me, and I got to fish to prove it. Well, a lot of folks, if you're going to follow the Lord, you won't get to heaven are following someone who would lead you in the opposite direction. So then we must work for the good of the company. Then let me say something else. You look in this job description. You may expect compensation. (laughs) There's an old song that says, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. Now I'm not talking in terms of dollars and cents. But I do want you to understand that our Lord, those who follow Him, He takes care of. If He is Lord and boss, I'll guarantee you He's going to care for you. I don't care whatever condition or circumstance you're in. He is boss, and you may expect come and say, let me ask you to look at a passage over here in Matthew chapter 19. This thing of compensation disturbed the disciples especially Simon Peter, and look in chapter 19 and verse 27. Peter is a disciple of the Lord, and here's how it is written, verse 27 of Matthew 19. 
Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Now he said, I'm following you, and I just want to know, how does this job pay? What's it? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone, now here's where we come in, and everyone that hath forsaken houses, this is for his sake, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Boy, that's powerful, isn't it? The Lord says, you follow me, and you've forsaken all, you've denied yourself, uh, you put nothing in front of you other than me, sake his wife. He's had trouble, you know, wasn't getting along. And I said, yeah, here you are owning a 500-acre farm. Did you read the next word? Not only forsake his wife, but houses and land. I said, you willing to get, why don't you give up the land first? Maybe you and your wife work things out. You see, what the Lord is really saying is this. You ought to have nothing in this world ahead of the Lord Jesus whom you're following. And I believe you're following him. Indeed, if it comes to a choice, then you're going to follow him. But thank God for a godly wife who will say, if you're following Jesus, I'm following him too. That's the way it ought to be. Thank God for a godly husband. I'm following Jesus, and you're following Jesus, I'll follow him too. Well, we can expect the Lord to take care of us. He said he'll supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, let me give you another fact. In this job for Jesus, you can expect instruction. I mean, the Lord doesn't just turn you out in the plant, here's all this giant machine and say, okay, here's your job. I'm glad the Lord doesn't do that, but he tells you how to do it. And that's where we've gotten astray and where we've fumbled the ball, so to speak, in our churches today. We have tried to run them by our own, our own ingenuity instead of saying, Lord, how do you want this done? This is your church. This is your business. And Lord, we want to do it the way you tell us to do it. Now, the reason many of families in trouble, many of marriage, is simply because folks have not listened to the instruction that's given. You know, the Bible is God's instruction book. It's the manual for following Jesus. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, remember this? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, that is, by the very breath of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine. Now that word simply means that this book will tell you what's right. What is right? You want to know what's right? You'll find it right here. Not only that, but he said it's profitable for, uh, for 
uh, for correction. That is, it'll tell you how to get right. When you're wrong, it'll tell you how to get right. And then he said it's profitable for reproof. That is, the Lord will tell you what's not right. He'll tell you that this is not the way to do it. You ever had that kind of person you had uh, working with you and you show them how to do it and it's, oh, no, no, don't do it. I'll do it like this. Well, if you're working for me, that won't work. I'm going to tell you that. And if you had somebody hired and they said, well, I don't like the way you're doing it. I think this will be a better way. Listen to the boss. In other words, God's word is profitable to tell you what is not right what is right, how to get right, and furthermore, it is profitable for instruction in righteousness, which means it'll tell you how to stay right. I'm glad we have the book of instruction. And you'd not mess up your life as much and as often if you just read the instruction and that that God has given, he'll tell you how to do the job. You know, a fella turned out in a plant like that, all these giant machines. Man, he's number one, he's frustrated, he's intimidated. He don't know how in the world these things operate. And here he's got the job, and he's and the boss has just said, okay, here it is. Reminds <laughs> me, I saw a little cartoon in a magazine. And there's a picture of this great, gigantic plant full of gigantic machinery. And a guide was taking this fellow through. And the fellow said to the guide, and, and by the way, look at all these big, what did you make here? And the fellow said, toothpicks. Well, that's, maybe you'll get that, maybe you won't. But anyway, uh, I'm glad that the Lord doesn't say, okay, here it is. Do the best you can. He gives instruction. Have you read the instructions this week? Have you been in the Word of God so you'll not stumble and fumble a ball and mess up your life? God, help us. And when God gives us an order, a command, remember this, He gives it for our benefit. God doesn't need any Ten Commandments. God doesn't need any commandments that you read in this book. He's holy and righteous and pure and perfect. Oh, you and I, because he loves us, he gave us his command. Not only that, but let me move ahead. If you're going to follow Jesus and take this job, you're going to have to follow company rules. But when those rules are broken, it will result in disciplinary action. Now you violate a rule that's set up in the plant and you can expect to be called on the carpet. And as a Christian, you violate God's word that he has revealed to you and you have. When you violate that, it invites discipline from God. Now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, the word chasten is used. Every one, and John used it over in Revelation, every one that the Lord loves, he chastens. And yet in Hebrews 12, there's a number of times this word chasten is used. It is the word instruction or discipline or a maturing, growing up process. 
And so when we violate God's rule and the Lord calls us on the carpet for us, it is not because He does not love us, but rather because He wants us to succeed and prosper in our lives before Him. So rules that are violated will invite and result in disciplinary action. Not only that, but it's a lifetime employment. I'm glad when you say yes to Jesus Christ, not a temporary yes. It's not saying, well, I'll just work here and see how it goes, you know. And I don't, I, I never have liked this expression, try Jesus. Try Jesus. No, trust Jesus. Just give yourself to him unreservedly. And yet, to, uh, to come to him and, and, and say, Lord, here I am. The Lord's saying, okay, this is a lifetime job. I mean, and the retirement, somebody said, uh, the pay is not very much here, but the retirement, they say, is out of this world. And so it is our Lord provides for his people. And so uh, it's a lifetime of employment. Not only that, you're on call 24 hours a day. How'd you like that kind of job? I mean, on, uh, on planet Earth. But the Lord's saying, hey, it's not a 12-hour shift. It's not a 10 or a 14 or 16. It is 24 hours. I'm a, I can call you at any time. That's the reason the Lord said even about His coming. In an hour that you think not, the Lord comes. He'll come. It's a 24-hour on-the-call job. Now let me mention something else. In that it's past your dinner time. Sleeping on the job is not tolerated. <laughs> and a lot of Christians, I mean, they've gone to sleep. You know, some people at 12 on Sunday, they, they go away uh, <laughs> greatly encouraged and some go away greatly refreshed. But anyway, no sleeping on the job. You know what happened? Look, Matthew 13. Remember, after the man sowed good seed in his field, his enemy came along and sowed tares while, the Scripture says, men slept. So there's no sleeping on the job. You have to stay alert. You have to stay on your toes. And you don't do that in your own energy, in your own strength, but in the strength and energy of the Spirit of God. And then let me say something else. On this job... The Lord wants you to be alert for prospects. Do you go out in your lifetime, daily life as a Christian and say, Lord, surely there's somebody out there that needs you today. Lord, you just direct me to them and uh, let me come across their path. Are you always looking for prospects for Jesus? Are you looking for folks that need to be saved? Hey, listen, on this, on this job of following Jesus, of being a servant, the Lord wants you to be watchful. You know, that's reason he said, look on the fields. Open your eyes. Look out there, that field's already white to harvest. Look for prospects, he's saying. And not only that in this job, let me say one other thing, and I've got to close. Proper dress is required for those who are employed and who follow Jesus. Now, Paul said to the lady folks that you ought to dress in modest apparel. Now, I could define that for you, but I think most women folks know what's modest. 
the Lord don't want you showing half of your body off to the public as a Christian. Uh, modest apparel. But I'll tell you something better than even the outward appearance physically. The Lord tells you how to dress on this job. In Colossians, would you have a moment to turn there? Colossians chapter 3. Look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. Colossians 3, and look at verse 8. Colossians 3, verse 8. But now, you also put off all these. In other words, he's saying, take off them old clothes you come to, to, come to work in. Take them off, he said. Get rid of them. What were they? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, that is hurtful speech, whether it's toward God or others. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Clean your vocabulary up. Lie not one to another. Be honest. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now he put all that old clothes off, but he said, hey, here's the way I want you to dress. And having put on, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, you're going to have to have a knowledge of the proper kind of dress. It's created after his image. Look at verse number 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. You're showing pity. You're showing mercy to those who may have offended you and done your own kindness. Humbleness of mind, as some folks think, you know, the world wouldn't keep spinning if they wasn't around. There's folks like that. Some Christians I've met like that. They think everything go to pot if they're just, you know, if they wasn't there really pushing the machinery. Listen, God can do without me. He was doing quite well before I got on the scene. And he's doing quite, doing quite well before you got there. It's not that God needs us, but we sure do need him. So he said, humbleness of mind, uh, meekness, long-suffering. Here's long-suffering described. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these, on top of this, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now he said, here's your top coat. You've got all dressed up like you're supposed to be. Now the boss said, put on your top coat. Put that above all else. Put on what? Love. Love solves most of the problems. When we love God, we love one another. And we love to do the things of God. Now, the Lord said, I want you to dress a certain way if you're going to be an employee of mine, a follower of mine. And then we ought to be more concerned with giving than receiving. We're more concerned that folks get than, than we get. We're, we're, we're happy in order to be able to give. Give out the message. Give out material needs. Whatever. In other words, uh, uh, the Lord wants us to be all out for Him. All for Jesus and nothing for self. Well, you can expect one other thing and that's it.
the company that you left to join this one, you can expect that they'll ridicule you, they'll despise you, they'll lie about you, because you left their company and joined this one. So it is that if you follow Jesus Christ, don't expect the world to give you a round of applause and cheer you because you became a born-again Christian following Jesus and wanting to be more like him every day. Don't expect the world to, to toot a horn and call for a celebration. Oh, no. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. In this life, in this world, you can expect tribulation. It's going to come. But don't go away today feeling like a martyr and saying, oh, me, I'm following Jesus and everybody hates me. Well, thank God there's some folks that do, but thank God a hundred times there's a lot of folks that do love you. There are brothers and sisters in this fellowship. I'm not the only one following Jesus. You are followers of Jesus. And yet if the world shoots at arrows like this, when the world, listen, when the world gets on one of Jesus' followers, it affects all of them. In other words, just like the tower, World Trade Center tower, destruction, that's affected all of them. Paul said you're one body. If one part suffers, the whole body suffers. If one part rejoices, the rest rejoices. Are you, listen, have you, are you willing to take a job with Jesus after reading such an application? You see, he weeds out and separates, you know the saying, the men from the boys. He's saying it's going to be a tough road. The choir sung about it. It's not an easy road, but thank God it's the best road. And at the end, thank God, hallelujah, the heavens, the gates of heaven will swing open and you can walk in and be with Jesus and be with loved ones. Thank God. Let's stand together for prayer. Dear Father, I pray that this morning the challenge will be received by our, by our people and yours. May, Lord, we decide and determine today that we're going to follow you. Not just be a Christian, but be a follower. Not just be a babe born into the family, but a disciple. Pray that you'll help us. May we determine, may we make up our mind. Reading the scripture. Uh, make up your mind, the servant of God said. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Lord, we know that either we're going to serve Satan or self or the Savior. Help us to make the right choice. Thank you again for the blessing of this time together for our people. In Jesus' name, amen.